Hi, and welcome back to This Week in Voice, season six. Who would have thought? My name is Bradley Meprock. I'm CEO of a company called Project Voice. So earlier in the pandemic, we decided to put This Week in Voice, the podcast, on hiatus. Why? Because you weren't listening to it. People had stopped listening to podcasts for, for the most part, you know, in 2020. Started to bounce back late in 2020 into 2021, but uh, it's taken us a little bit of time. What can I say to get back to get back to the grind? We're appreciative of you. Thank you for watching this. Thank you for listening to the show. Um, thank you for helping it grow over these six seasons. And we're excited to bring a lot of great guests to you this season um, and have a bigger season than we've ever had. The previous largest season we had was, was I think, 22 episodes. Uh, and this one will be longer. It will extend well into April 2022. So just want to express some gratitude and I want to express some gratitude for our season premiere guest as well, Sanjay Dewan, CEO of Serence. Sanjay, say hello. Um, Bradley, thank you so much. Congratulations on kicking off uh, season six. I'm uh, honored to be the guest uh, to, to be here with you today to get this going. Uh, you know, I'm certainly looking forward to all the other podca podcasts that are planned for you know, late, later uh, in the months to come. We appreciate you, Sanjay. Thank you for setting the time aside. And y'all have been quite busy. Um, and I want to read this headline um, just to set the stage for talking about where Serence is right now. Serence achieves record starts of production for its industry-leading conversational AI products in 61 new car models from 16 global automakers in most recent quarter. So that's um, uh, that's that's a, a long way of saying that uh, you're kicking a lot of ass. Um, tell us the state of Serence, um, how things are going for you. Um, paint us a picture of uh, your progress over the pandemic period and how, how things are going. Sure, um, thank you. Uh, you know, today is a, uh, um, a momentous day for us, sort of, because uh, today we complete two years as an independent company. So we started on October 1st uh, of 2019. And so today is, you know, September 30th, you know, 2021, we complete our, our two years as an independent company. That's when I came in as the new CEO of the company when we did the spinoff from, uh, from Nuance. A lot has happened uh, in these two years, obviously. Uh, um, you know, none of us would have thought the, the pandemic and, and all its, you know, effects uh, that, uh, that we all kind of, you know, went through, but also in the, in the tech industry as well, there was, you know, all this uh, chip shortages, you know, supply chain disruptions because of pandemic and all that stuff. So it's been, you know, quite interesting two years, but I'm, you know, very proud to say that, uh, you know, we as a company, have been able to weather the storm, kind of, you know, find our way uh, through all this, you know, as a new company. Um, uh, you know, I'm very grateful to, to our customers for their support. I'm extremely, you know, grateful to all of our employees for their steadfast focus in terms of, you know, um, uh, you know building the, 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 the company up. And, you know, uh, and the, the results have been, you know, uh, good. Um, this uh, data, this uh, headline that you read was from uh, our press release 
uh, for last quarter earnings uh, that we did in August uh, this year. And um, uh, the reason we highlighted uh, this stat, which is, you know, 16 new OEMs, 16 OEMs, you know, 32 or 33 brand names, you know, 61 car lines, SOPs in one quarter. The reason we decided to highlight that for our investors is because it, it was approximately 2x of any given quarter. So in a given quarter, typically we'll have about, you know, give or take 30 plus SOPs of a new cars, right? You know, work, you know, as you know, we work with, you know, all the major, you know, auto uh, makers and our products go, our audio AI, voice AI, conversational AI products go into the cars. And, um, you know, typical quarter is about 30 new SOPs, 30 new car lines going into production. And in Q3, there were 60, 60 plus. So, so we decided to highlight that uh, to our investors so that they know that this was uh, quite a uh, positive um, uh, achievement you know, by the company. Uh, but overall, uh, knock on wood, um, things are uh, you know, moving good, Bradley. We're, you know, we're very focused on kind of, you know, basically improving the uh, safety and the convenience of a driver and the cabin using voice AI, conversational AI. And, and uh, you know, we're very, very focused on, on that as is the vision, as the problem to solve. And as you know, the adoption of uh, voice and AI in the car is, you know, is steadily increasing, right? So, you know, more to come in the coming uh, uh, months and years. Yeah, um, that's, uh, it's good to hear. Because it appears, you know, just from from an outsider point of view that, uh, you know, y'all are, it appears like you shot out of a cannon, you know, uh, post uh, separation from nuance and, uh, and never stopped and, and stuff like that just sort of validates that mindset. Let's talk about um, voice in the car. You know, and with so many conversations that we've had and, and are having, you know, off the record, on the record, it's, it, you know, it's, it's a... I don't like the term great reset. I never liked it the first time I heard it, but there's a lot of truth to that. Um, you know, we've all gone through this incredible period that I think is without question the most historic thing that any of us ever will go through in our lifetime, let's hope. Um, and um, the book is being rewritten in every way, in our personal lives, our professional lives. And every aspect of voice and conversational AI, I almost feel like I have to start the conversation with, like, what are the ground rules or what's the foundational aspects of the conversation to start with? In this case, um, prior to the pandemic, voice in the car was viewed as a nice to have. It was a, um, it was a perk. It was a... Um, a bonus. Uh, it was a um, uh, something that could tilt the scales. You know, if you were looking at two particular models of a car and they were neck and neck price features, you know, price and interior and everything, um, and you needed something to swing it one way, well, if, if one had Alexa in the car and that's what you had at home, then the other one had Google, then that's the direction you'd go. Now it's, it's quite a bit different. Not only are we, do we look at the big tech players differently, we'll talk about that in a minute, but um, I want to get your thoughts on if that was before, then what is it now? You know, is it a necessary inclusion? Is it um, 
something that's still kind of permeating its way across the value chain of automotive. What what is the role of voice in the car today? See, um, you know, it has evolved over the last five years very dramatically. Um, you know, it used to be um, a feature that was a nice to have uh, to a point where it's strategic to the automotive OEMs because customers are telling them it's strategic. Um, and the reason for that is because, um, uh, you know, it's not, voice is a nice to have feature on your smart speaker or your TV remote or your phone, because when you're using these devices, your hands are free, your eyes are free, you can kind of you know, do your touch things, you, your buttons and, and still do the same function from your you know, IoT devices in your home or in your office. When you're driving, uh, Bradley, your hands are not free. Your eyes are not free. Uh, you, know, you're, uh, you, know, you are driving, your hands are on your steering wheel, eyes on the road, et cetera. You know, even though you know, many cars have used uh, you know, buttons or touch or knobs as an HMI, uh, but you know, if you think about it, even you know, fiddling through the buttons and knobs is, 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 it, it adds into distracted driving. The most safest way of a uh, of uh, converse, uh, you know, for uh, most safest way for a driver to do something in the car is using voice because you know, um, you know, when, uh, our hands and eyes are occupied and so on and so forth, and we uh, we will be least distracted when we are using voice. So because of that, because of that safety aspect uh, of voice in the car. The adoption has, you know, kind of, you know, uh, grown. It's, you know, I mean, any, um, it doesn't matter whose data you look at, you know, Serence or our competitors or big tech or anybody, uh, you will see the same sort of message that is coming out from everywhere, right? And I think it's becoming, you know, I just finished uh, my first international trip after 18 months. I, I can't believe it. Uh, I wouldn't go to see my customers for 18 months outside U.S., uh, but two weeks back, I was in Detroit meeting with the big three. Um, and, and then last week, I was crisscrossing Germany left and right, up and down, basically meeting with you know, all of our uh, you know, tier one partners and also all the OEMs. I met uh, two CEOs of uh, uh, large German uh, OEM, uh, uh, auto OEMs. And once again, you know, we're a small tier one supplier. Okay, why would the CEO of a big German company see me? Okay, uh, the fact, the only reason is because they think what we are doing for them is strategic, and 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 it's important to them, and they basically, you know, give uh, give the respect to kind of you know you know entertain my presence and 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 make sure that you know we we stay aligned in terms of our products and uh, and what we do for them and so on and so forth. Perfect. Yeah. And, and you know, I, it's funny. I, I remember um, when you and I uh, uh, met uh, earlier this year as, uh, at the start of the Coast to Coast Tour, um, I remember you commenting about, uh, you know, something that was a common refrain that it was, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm missing my travel, you know, 
And um, I think a lot of us felt that way. So I'm glad to hear uh, you're 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 getting off the schneid and and able to. It, to get it was uh, it was you know uh, a bit weird. We were testing every day, every single day, because I wanted to make sure that although I'm fully vaccinated, although I tested before entering Germany, you know I'm meeting all these uh, you know partners and customers and all that stuff, and it's my responsibility to make sure I don't transmit. You know if I have picked up something, so I was testing. Uh, in in Germany, the um, the protocols are very strict, which which I totally respect, and we kind of you know followed the testing. I was carrying my own test kits with me <laughs> to to make sure that you know I uh, you know I you know like like I said I uh, more than me I I don't kind of you know I I keep everybody around me safe right because I'm the one asking them to come you know to see me right so it's my responsibility so we. We did our meetings and our travels and all that stuff. It was weird to at times sit in meetings with the with the mask on, but we did. <laughs> but we were already happy to to be there together, right? So it was uh, nice. Very nice. Um, let's uh, let's shift gears and let's talk a little bit about um, another aspect of of this next chapter, um, which is uh, the way that we look at big tech. So again, if if you go back three or four years ago, um, you know there was a thought, a pervasive thought, that um, voice is cool, you know, agreed. It's the way the computing is going to go, but the problem is that if Amazon or Google or Apple or Microsoft perhaps, um, or maybe some other big player decides that they wake up one day and they decide that, yeah, they'd like to have that market now, that they're just going to come on in and take it and nothing's going to stop them. And, you know, that had a chilling effect. That's why we didn't see um, nearly the investment dollars come into this space circa 2017 um, that, probably there should have been is because there was this chilling effect coming out of the pandemic or amidst the pandemic, you know, where, whatever, wherever it is, we are, um, you know, the, the mindset and the mood toward big tech has demonstrably changed to where it is now no longer an asset, but now much more of a liability uh, that has to be overcome. And now there's an additional threshold that anything Amazon and Google have to do in order to pass muster. Talk to me about how you and Sarence view um, big tech in general in the voice space and your positioning relative to them. Yeah. So uh, we at Sarence, we love big tech. It's as simple as that, right? You know, I, I can't imagine my life as a consumer without big tech. Um, and that big tech is, um, you know, I use Apple devices and services every day. I use Google devices and services every day. I use Amazon devices and services every day. I use Microsoft, you know, Calendar, Outlook, uh, Teams every day. I use Facebook's, you know, WhatsApp every day. And I can go on and on. Right. Uh, um, the um, as a driver in the car, I want big tech with me in the car. 
I don't want, but I don't want one big tank. I want a bridge. I, I want my car not as a separate technology island. I want my car you know, to integrate with any and all big tech. I want the car to integrate with my digital life. My a consumer's digital life is more than any one big tech company. You know, just, and I say that to you, yourself or any other consumers here who are listening to this podcast, and just think, you know, can you live with only one or the other? Uh, the answer you're going to get is no. Right, you know, it's you need, you know, all of us need, you know, multiple big techs. So uh, the the architecture that Sedens is uh, proposing and, and propagating has two key elements with regards to big tech. Number one, uh, we think the voice and the HMI branding, uh, the visibility into the data and data monetization should be in the hands of the OEMs, not anybody else. The reason is it's their car, it's their product. OEM, you know, need to needs to own the 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 uh, human machine interface, uh, aka voice and other elements, um, and they need to use that to understand what the consumers are doing in the car, you know, in a possible data monetization in the future and all that stuff, right? So that's number one, and that's the business model. Uh, the product and technology model that Sedens is proposing. Second piece is that you know we uh, basically uh, you know have been propagating a coexist model with multiple big tech companies in the car. So so we kind of you know use this this uh, this phrase that we will allow uh, through our products uh, our customers to bring their digital life in the car, and that digital life is their home digital life, their digital life on their phone. Uh, you know, in their office and all that stuff, all will be kind of, you know, nicely and seamlessly integrated with the technology, voice technology in the car, right? And in the, the last item I'll make here basically is that, you know, here in the US, when we sit here, we, uh, you know, talk about, you know, Google and Amazon and Apple and Microsoft and so on. But if I'm an OEM and I'm shipping a car into Russia, I don't care about any of these big tech. I care about my big tech in Russia, which is Yandex. You know, if I'm a you know you know OEM shipping my cars into China, I don't care about our big tech. I care about you know the uh, the Baidu's and Alibaba and Tencent and so on and so forth, right? So our architecture basically allows OEM to a own the the branding and the data behind it, and secondly, you know, basically go into multiple different uh, you know big tech ecosystems. Excellent. Yeah, no, that's what that's uh, it's well well said, and I, I think that that probably just from a consumer point of view has to make people feel comfortable that you know they're they're you know uh, a point of view that's agnostic toward all of the big players. Um, right, is, right. Uh, and, and and some of the big tech guys are trying to use you know the conventional tactic tactics that they use to block the market and. Uh, uh, for those guys, you know, there is plenty of antitrust stuff going on right now. Um, you know, there's a lot of subpoenas floating around in the industry right now. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, action in that whole space, as we know. So, you know, my request to the, the big tech guys who, who might be, uh, you know, uh, thinking about using kind of, you know, um, uh, the conventional tactics to 
to kill innovation, don't try it. This is 2021. You know, <laughs> things things don't work that way anymore. <laughs> you know, 20, 20 years ago, you know, Microsoft got into you know huge issues, uh, and and since then everybody has learned. You know, you cannot you know uh, lock consumers by bundling by you know using you know so, you know, sort of tactics to uh, uh, to uh, uh, you know to keep competition out. Doesn't work in 2021. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's taken some of them. Some of them are picking up on that a little bit faster than others. We got some some sharper students in the class and some slower ones. What can I say? Um, but they'll all learn eventually. I agree. Like it, it just said, it doesn't play doesn't play anymore. Um, and and we're grateful for that. Um, so I want to shift gears again and talk about voice in the enterprise. But before I even do that, you know, Sanjay, you're a CEO of a publicly traded company. Your thoughts on, we're gonna talk about voice in the enterprise and what, that, what the value that brings, but just to precede that, return to work, the future of work, something, you know, you, you've got a, a, a fast moving, sharp company that, um, uh, has good rapport up and down, you know, across uh, geographies. You know, you've got a you've got a great culture. Um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts before we even talk about voice. What is what is Sarah's planning on doing with return to work, with right. the future of work? What how has your mindset changed, or has it changed at all? So. Um... Our mindset, you know, absolutely uh, has changed and uh, is changing, and because uh, you know, uh, in a pandemic, has uh, there's a lot of learnings that came out of uh, you know this this health crisis that we all experienced over the last eighteen months, and what we are doing at Serens is, you know, unlike you know, many big companies where there is a mandate of either fully returning to work or partially returning to work or returning to work. Uh, you know, on certain days of the week, you know, three days a week, two days a week, four days a week, etc. You know, what what I am saying to to our employees is that, firstly, we are opening all of all of our offices starting October first. So starting tomorrow, all sales offices will be fully open. Secondly, we want to be fully compliant always with the local laws. Um, you know, so no exception to that. Thirdly, for sales employees to come back to the office, they have to be fully vaccinated. Uh, reason for that mandate is because, you know, for the safety of others uh, also, right? And uh, lastly, if you decide not to vaccinate, then you have to submit uh, a testing certificate that, you know, you are recently tested and there is no, uh, uh, no virus in you, right? Just again, for the safety of other employees. So we have put this in place uh, through our HR system, and uh, people will uh, people are submitting. I uploaded my vaccination yesterday only, right? Uh, uh, you know, just to be compliant to our, our our policies. But in terms of you know how we are asking our employees to kind of you know figure it out, what's the new normal? Uh, you know, what what I have said to to our employees is that um, there is some level of you know, creativity and productivity that comes with teams working physically together. It's absolutely impossible to replace that, uh, 
you know, if you are remote, um, you know, when you're ideating about new products, new technologies, you know, solving very complex problems, doing testing in the car, on the bench, you know, all that stuff, you know, you need physical presence. What I said to them was that I am not going to mandate to anybody, any, any team within Serence, what is the right um, protocol for you to follow. I, I leave it to you to figure it out. And not we are not going to have a company-wide mandate that, you know, okay, everybody comes for two days or three days or four days or five days or whatever to work, right? I'm basically saying, you know, uh, you know, hey, managers and teams, you guys, so I have 200 managers who manage people inside the company. I said to them, you go and figure that out with your team. What is the best operating method for your function and for you to be productive? If you guys go and basically say, you know what, you know, we need to be together five days, you go and implement that. If you all say we need to be there together one day and other four days we're working from home because that's the more productive way for our team to produce, then that's fine. Because I don't believe putting a, see, a, you know, certain teams can work totally remotely, no problems. Certain treatment, for example, are we have a drive lab which does you know you know UI UX kind of you know simulation studies and all that stuff. There's a lot of ideation goes there. Uh, you know I think those guys should be should be in the office together trying to basically kind of you know ideate and talk to customers and all that stuff, right? So it's it all depends upon which group and what is your responsibility and how do you want to be more productive. Uh, in in your job, and and so we have given that flexibility to our uh, to our employees. Does that make sense to you? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and you know, I I one of the stories, you know, uh, that you see stuff and it just it it uh, blows your mind. One of the things that I've seen is um you know some of these stories, which I'm sure you've seen as well, about uh, people who have um, managed. Uh, I guess is the word I would use to work two or more full-time jobs during the pandemic without their employer knowing. Wow. And um, yeah, yeah, no, it is, it's, it's crazy. And uh, some, some, sometimes you see the media presented as, Hey, look at this ingenuity. But you know, my, my, my attitude is first of all, you know, I, it's just horrendously unethical the, 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 the second thing is, um, I, I don't know how you could, maybe you make a little bit more money over a period of time, but I don't know how you wouldn't go crazy, you yeah. know? Um, and, um, and so that among other reasons, uh, you know, human beings have worked uh, physically together for uh, all of mankind. Yeah. So, you know, getting back to that, at least in part, is not a bad idea. And uh, no, it's just, I, I'm just curious. I think your plan is great. So I just, yeah, I, I, you know, personally, I've come to my office every single day. I, I uh, felt that, you know, working from home for me personally was a lot of distraction because my wife, my kids are at home. Not that they were causing the distraction. I was the distraction, right? Where I would go and, you know, uh, chat with them, talk to them. I'm not fully focused. So I basically decided very early on in the pandemic that I'm coming to work every day. So 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. in our San Mateo office, you would find Sanjay. I would uh, meet two people um, every day, uh, my security guard and the janitor of the building. And the three of us were here every single day. 
uh, you know, of the pandemic. Uh, now, obviously, a lot of people have started to come into the building and I see more faces and all that stuff, both in our company and also, you know, uh, other companies in the building. But there was a period of almost a year or so where I would only see three faces <laughs> all day. Uh, live faces, obviously, uh, you know, I'll see a lot of people on the Zoom and all. Yeah. That's a, yeah, I love that. And, you know, it's, um, uh, I think it's a healthy thing for people to take what will be the only opportunity in their life to kind of reassess their relationship with work. But, in, you know, unless you are independently wealthy, you will have a relationship with work. <laughs> and, you know, and it just needs to be as in balance as it possibly can. And, uh, and that looks different for different people. I, I, I think your approach is great. And, uh, and I think your story about coming to work is great, too, because I might have shared with you at one point, I have a vivid memory of in the mid 90s when my father came home and told my mom that he was no longer going to keep the lease on his office. He was going to work out of the basement. I thought, oh, that's cool. I was in high school at the time. And, uh, and my mom was just dis despondent, like beside herself, uh, because, you know, the, the way I would phrase is, you know, it's just a tough thing to manage with personal space. And she knew that that would be a problem. And sure enough, it was, and they worked through it. But so, you know, I think we've all learned some things. I appreciate you sharing all of that. Yeah. The, the article that I'm going to link to in the notes of the show is one written by Dustin Coates of Algolia. Um, in which he talks about the role that voice is going to play in the enterprise moving forward. And he mentions a, a number of examples in the piece. I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, we've seen some sort of half-baked attempts at bringing voice to the enterprise, you know, some things like, hey, Alexa, turn on the overhead projector or something, you know, but uh, we're destined for more, um, you know, more meaningful intersection than that. Uh, talk to me about the role that you think voice and, and conversational AI will play in the enterprise, if not now, then perhaps over the near term. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. And as I, you know, think about kind of, you know, the role, if I look at the role today, it's, you know, uh, the role is quite hidden in the, uh, in the call centers, right? You know, when I call my Bank of America, you know, to get help, you know, I get, you know, a, you know, voice bot, you know, which basically kind of, you know, steps in to, to route my call or automatically help me and, and so on and so forth, right? And so there are many such examples and these have been maturing more and more over the last, you know, you know, five, 10 years or so, right? Um, you know, similarly in, uh, you know, uh, you know, doctor's office, all the, uh, you know, dictation, when the doctor is talking to the patient, with patient's approval, everything is being transcribed, you know, per the HIPAA guidance and all that stuff, you know, using you know, conversational AI, right? Uh, you know, might be our parent company was a leader in that space, right? Uh, Nuance was. And, and so that application, you know, has been well, uh, well adopted by the enterprise. But as I look forward, I think I see um, a lot of you know, productivity improvements in the enterprise that can be done using voice. You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, kind of, you know, conference room uh, stuff. In my last job, 
when I was, uh, you know, president and CTO at Harman, we had bought a company called AMX, which basically was a Creston competitor. So we would basically produce, you know, audio, video switching um, and control devices for the conference rooms, right? And, and um, you know, one of the things that uh, I had initiated then uh, was to, you know, basically have a voice controlled kind of, you know, you know, interface where you walk into, you know, every meeting when we go to, we spend, you know, 10, 15 minutes trying to kind of, you know, put everybody all together, plug the, the PCs in, get the video up, you know, get the audio going and all that stuff. Every conference room, every uh, company I've been to, so much time is wasted in that. Right. You know, wouldn't it be great to you just say, you know, you know, you know, hey, Sarah, and, you know, start my meeting and magically in the background, all the Zoom links or blue jeans or WebExes or something else are all set up and kind of, you know, configured and connected and my slides are up and boom, we go. Right. So so productivity improvement is, is one angle, clearly. Right. But but productivity will go to the next level, in my opinion, not just the conference room equipment setup. But, you know, for example, when you and I are talking right now, right, through Zoom, there are many of these Zoom meetings. Why can't there be a, you know, you know, conversational AI assist, assistant here with us taking the action items? You know, you know, I, you know, you know, I, you know, you know, you know while, while we're doing the meetings, you know, we can tell the assistant to basically, so it's as if you have a physical assistant in your room with you, you know, taking the action items and tracking the progress of the meeting. Right. Uh, why can't, you know, uh, there be other kind of, you know, you know, you know, further productivity improvements, you know, uh, you know, as, uh, you know, we do our daily tasks, um, you know, um, uh, on our, you know, phone or on our desk, uh, uh, you know, which basically help us with, you know, setting up meetings, uh, you know, uh, you know, so much time is wasted in that, right? You know, when we are trying to kind of, you know, find there are some other automated ways of doing it, but, but, but a a virtual assistant that stays with us and basically improves our productivity as an employee, right? And as once you start thinking like that, uh, you know, you will, you know, you will come up with, you know, sort of, you know, you know more a new and unique kind of, you know, use cases that can help an enterprise, you know, grow. I was um, a little disappointed to, you know, see that Cortana hasn't gone more deeper into, into that direction, to be very honest, right? You know, I, you know, Microsoft clearly has a lead in, in the uh, enterprise software space where, you know, uh, they, um, frankly speaking, should do more innovations in that uh, in that area. In my opinion, right? They can really, really kind of you know make an impact. I agree with that, and um, you know, I, I think what Microsoft does with Cortana will be interesting to watch. I will say this though, I, I actually managed to have a great experience with Cortana. Just to throw it, since you since you brought that up, um, I bought a PC. This was like a year year ago, high end PC. It's actually sitting sitting in front of me here. Um, and, um, the entire, uh, onboarding of windows, whatever version it is, was voice first with Cortana. And it actually get this, it worked. Wow. Oh, that's <laughs> and, 
It, it, I was, yeah, I was actually sort of blown away. Uh, but uh, other than that, you know, they got a lot of work to do. But uh, I thought I would at least give them some props for that. Um, Sanjay, I, I appreciate all of your time. You know, I appreciate just every, the the work you do, the work Sarence does. Um, in in closing here, uh, with our season premiere this week in Voice Season Six, paint us a picture of where Serence is going by the end of the year, you know, maybe over the next six to 12 months, what's, what's next? Um, um, the um, directionally, you know, I have said to our investor base as well that, you know, we want to be the AI platform of choice for a car. Uh, so uh, we want to be the, the, the brains uh, of the car that's helping the driver, the cabin with, you know, various different functions inside the car. Uh, to do that, you know, we clearly have a good start with voice and voice AI, uh, but we are, you know, further adding other modalities to our AI platform, which includes vision. Vision is very important as well, because, you know, as, you know, as if I can draw a parallel to, to humans, you know, when you and I are talking right now, I'm using, you know, I'm speaking, that's audio out, I'm listening, that's audio in, I'm processing both in my brain, that's the AI, right, but I'm also using my eyes to basically kind of, you know, read your, you know, face reactions and, and get get kind of that as an input into, into my, my response back to you. So, so vision uh, will play a very important role in our AI platform, vision for the cabin, vision for the road. Um, and, and so that's a, key, that's a key kind of, you know, focus area for us. And we have a lot of, you know, work going on in that. And we expect to, um, you know, hopefully show, um, and announce some products and show in the coming months. But you know, specifically, if we see each other at CES, I would love to show you some demos and all that stuff that I'm very excited about. Um, because when you combine voice and vision together, magic, next level magic happens. Um, you know, the vision that I put out in our company is that we want to be the best co-driver, co-pilot assistant in the car. That is what every single day, the 2,500 engineers that we have in our company think about, right? Um, you know, there will be many assistants in our life. We just talked about Cortana, uh, you know, there's Google, Alexa, others, Siri, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they all have a role to play in our digital life. Uh, and, and as I said, we, Serence welcomes them and Serence welcomes to coexist with them. But uh, Serence also is saying categorically that when it comes to co-pilot, co co-driver assistant, we will be the best, number one, period. I love it. I love it. And there's no reason to mess around. You know, we're, you, you, you gotta, you gotta will things into existence. Not that, which you've already done. I mean, you're already at that level, uh, but uh, I love hearing that. Sanjay, thank you for the time. Um, thank you for being willing to, to share your time, share your experience uh, with not just me, but the audience as well. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, it was lovely to speak to you and, uh, you know, uh, best wishes to you and all the audience as well. Thank you. For This Week in Voice, Season 6, Episode 1. Thank you for watching, listening as well on your podcast provider of choice. Until next time.